Fantastic, corporate push sporadic, rain on top, dynastic, yes man, who cast licks, yes locks, and yes kicks to haters, suck a dick, make it vanish with the flick of my wrist, don't accuse me, you're biting your shit, it ain't lit, I'm Mr. Met, motherfucker, look at my fit, captain like David Wright, I'm rocking the fifth, embroidered on the back, I wear it like a badge of honor, Lord, I buy the citizen, never stood me honor, honest, I promise, I ain't gotta lie, if I would, I'd probably break down and cry I know what I'm built for, I'm a landmark Came a long way from being called stark Childhood nickname, shit will never be the same We live the pain every day inside my polluted brain Shit ain't a game, yet I can't take it serious Censorship, these nuts got the right to say the illest shit Vulgar and ignorant, opposite of Clark Kent Except no imposters, no matter how low rent Ungrateful every turn, a hard head and never learn to put the fire out Instead, I'll forever burn it down like Seth Unpredictable like Dean or Dirty Dick House humping fucking regime Yeah Donnie O Best in the world of what the fuck I do Now always and forever What other good shit people welcome to another edition of the salty thoughts of mike steph podcast featuring the one and only mike steph <laughs> best of what he does yeah man 
I'm back. I don't know how long I'm going to be here for. I don't know if this is going to come out glitchy. I am hardwired again. I have no idea if StreamYard is actually going to cooperate with me. But today, I'm going to be Mike Steph, a.k.a. Mr. Mitt. Ah, I see that signal. And that signal means that I'm probably a little glitchy. Before I get everything up and running, two things, actually three things. First and foremost, I'd like to apologize to my dozens and dozens of viewers out there for last week. Last week, I only recorded, I recorded 40, a 40-minute 40 episode, a quickie, if you will. And even in that quickie, in spots, it was a little glitchy. So I said, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to cut this up and spread it throughout the week. And there will be no audio version of episode 12. Yes, I know. This is episode 13. Usually, especially in like in um, TV shows, cartoons, Back in the days, you'd get on the get on the elevator, and they would always skip the thirteenth floor. There wouldn't be any thirteenth floor because, of course, superstitious reasons, thirteen was a unlucky number, right? So, in my case, of course, twelve would be the unlucky number. Twelve would be the missing episode, or should I say, the missing full length episode? And y'all got it in pieces. Y'all got it in bits and pieces last week. So for that, I do apologize. Hopefully you did enjoy some of the bits and pieces that you did get. To my audio listeners out there, I'd like to apologize also because I've been giving y'all the short end of the short end of the rope. Short end of the deal, whatever. On um, the last couple of weeks, because I had my self-care sprinkle of salt which I did not record in StreamYard. That's probably why I came out pristine. But by me doing that, I couldn't strip the audio and make it an audio. So I apologize for that. And the last week, like I said, with all the glitches and, and technical problems, whatever, I I didn't want to just put that out there, even though it's going to be about 40 minutes. So y'all went two weeks without getting an audio version. Matter of fact, Y'all went two weeks without receiving the mothership, the flagship, if you will, of the Salty Daughter Donnie, well, the Salty Daughter Mike Step podcast. As you can tell, I'm kind of tired now because, as usual, I, I procrastinated. I've had this set up for like the last hour and a half and my attention got diverted. But yeah, the flagship of the Salty Thoughts of Mike Step podcast is always and always will be the audio version. So this weekend, I decided to drop. A special audio-only edition, audio-only episode of the Salty Thoughts of Mike Steph, Sprinkle of Salt. It dropped last night, flashed early this morning. And in that Sprinkle of Salt, I talk about how essential workers 
aka expendable workers are getting the foot up the ass from the establishment matter of fact not even the foot up the ass they're actually giving the establishment is actually giving us kiss so much for being a hero right but to hear that more in depth please check out the audio version um available not on streaming platforms where podcasts are available apple podcast spotify google podcast the formerly named fm amongst others oh yeah and amazon music to say the least you know what's so funny six minutes in and i thought i was not going to have any stream yard slander but guess what stream yard yeah effing with me if this continues because I don't think it's my connection. It, I don't think it's my cord. I don't think it's my wire. But if this continues, I might have to go audio only more often than not. So it's very important for you to, on whatever streaming platform you decide to listen to me on, it's very important for you to, well, I, what I need for you to do is please like, subscribe, um, press the notification button. So whenever I decide to drop, you the first ones to hear it. Because at this point in time, it's being very, it's getting very difficult for me to uh, give you video. It's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. Second thing on the back. My four-year anniversary is coming up. My four-year anniversary. A podcast, a podcast thing of the Salty Thoughts podcast of various names. I debuted on June 8th, 2019 with a preview version of the Salty Thoughts podcast. At that time, it was named the Salty Thoughts of Donnie Wu podcast, right? Yeah. Time, time, what a time. What a time that was. It was such a time that I didn't know exactly what the hell I was doing, but I knew I wanted to get my thoughts out there. The preview of the Salty Thoughts of Donnie U podcast, June, June 8th, 2019, right? Yeah, those are the days. Those are the days. And then I followed that up. I followed that up with the debut full-length episode entitled The Unprofessional Debut June 16th, 2019. Yeah, it just coincided when Clay Thompson had tore his ACL in Game 6 of the 2019 NBA Finals. And we all know how that turned out. But yeah, regardless. Yeah, um, yeah, coming up, and how I commemorate it. 
uh, it actually falls on the weekend of Father's Day. And I'm not going to be in town on Father's Day because it's Father's Day. And also, it falls on the weekend of Juneteenth. So I don't know exactly what I'm going to do concerning dropping an episode. I might drop it early, I might drop it late, and I might not drop it at all. But let's just call this the anniversary month. So please join me in t- join me in my celebration of this. And um, stay tuned in the upcoming days on what exactly I'm going to decide on how to uh, celebrate for Quattro four years of the Soul Thoughts Podcast. But yeah, that's number two. That's number dos of El Pod. Top it. Number three. I'm not going to get too much into it, but there has been a reason why the last couple of weeks have been sporadic or top of the head type type deals or not as streamlined as the beginning of this rebrand. And like I said, not to get too much into it, but a lot of things have been going on. A lot of things have been going on. Um, like I said, um, I had to take some time out for some self-care. Um, been dealing with some stuff. Um, unfortunately, um, I did when there's two two uh two deaths um to people well yeah people that was that was in my in my life um friend neighbor uh companion for damn near went 30 years you know he was great unexpectedly passed uh, two weeks ago um a co-worker of mine that I've known if I've been at the job for going on 20 years next month, I probably known him for at least 18 of them. And I worked with him three days a week for the last year, for at least the last year. He unexpectedly passed that same two weeks ago. And anytime, just matter of fact, I'm not going to use an excuse of anything, but you know, uh, I still do miss my older son. I'll never stop missing him. And uh, that's been weighing on my mind also. And um, on, I guess, brighter news, um, matter of fact, I won't even say that. But yeah, it's just been a lot of things on my mind. So I'm not going to lie. Podcasting has been the furthest thing from my mind. But podcasting is also a creative outlet, stress release venting mechanism the whole nine so that's why i've attempted to at least try to give y'all some type of content and hopefully i felt like you know if i push through and give y'all some type of contact then i kind of break my spirits break my mood some cases it did some cases it didn't yeah it's been going on the last couple weeks um handling a little bit better now so that's why I'm actually trying to give you a full-fledged episode. If StreamYard cooperates with yours truly, 
This is really pissing me off. It's really pissing me off. Um, it's, it's actually throwing me off my game. And to, to be blunt, since wait, one, two, three weeks ago, Mother's Day weekend, when I had such the problems that I had to split the episodes into, into two, when I split the episode into two, um, it's kind of, you know, lessen my motivation on doing a video version, which kind of defeats the whole purpose of this rebrand. So I don't know. I don't know. Now, yeah, I could do it without all the nice graphics and everything, but I like the graphics. Makes it, makes it gives it a little, little more pop, pop, pop. You know, so yeah. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. What's up to deck? What's up? What's on deck this week? Uh, let me tell you. I plan on talking about my not so amazing, amazing Mets. Yeah, this is this is a, this is a Smitty from the group home special. That's going to lead off the podcast this week. Um, we're what a little well, yeah, we're sixty games into the season, and they are a five hundred team. They are the epitome of average. Some would say they're amazingly average. <laughs> so I'm going to get my thoughts, excuse me, get my thoughts on the first two months of this amazingly average season from my New York Metropolitans. And you know what would be so apropos because I did, I have added some, some little, tricks up my sleeve because i've had nothing to do but think about how i'm going to detract from the fact that my podcast video is literally like a mother effer the new york mets that's mr met you know you know mr met is doing right there you see that little white digit that's up yeah mr met is giving the fans the middle finger. And that's how I feel right now. I feel like this team is giving the collective fan base the middle finger for being as average as they are and not playing to the back of their baseball card, not playing to their expectations, and just being amazingly disappointing. So, yeah, I'll be talking about that. I would get into some wrestling talk because two things happened this weekend. One, this past Friday, we had, we had the thousand day celebration from, no, not there. Yeah, that guy. The tribal chief, Roman Reigns, celebrated his thousand days as undisputed universal champion and some uh, discord happened within the bloodline, 
the bloodline. So I'm going to give you my little two cents on that. And last but not least, I attempted to stay up last night to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion event. And I got half through and I fell asleep. So I finished watching the rest this afternoon. And boy, did I get a surprise this afternoon. When I was watching the six-way match, the, well, yeah, the six-man tag between Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii versus Claudio, Shooter Amuno, <laughs> no, <laughs> Umino, Shooter, Shota Umino, and the Death Rider himself, John Moxley, at the end of that match was an announce was an announcement that we're going to actually get the best damn wrestler in the world the best the best damn wrestler of this generation far none brian danielson the american dragon against the rainmaker himself okada I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. I was not really planning on ordering Forbidden Door. I didn't order it last year. And I remember there was all these jokes. Eh, y'all cheap mother effers. Yeah. You did, 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 did. And I'm like, no, it's just the card didn't pull me. The card, listen, I'm sorry. As a WWF fan, WWE fan, yeah. You wanna call me economical? So be it. I automatically already have Peacock. I got the premium version. No commercials. So pretty much $10, I get to watch every live event of WWE for 10 bucks. If it sucks, doesn't really matter. I watch other things on Peacock anyway. If it's great, guess what? I got a bargain, 10 bucks. AEW? Yeah, y'all gonna have to do stuff to make me want to spend my bread. I told y'all, I think, last week. The, the reason the episode was kind of short was because I was getting ready for AEW's Double or Nothing. And the only reason I copped it was because my son Chef Mix was interested in watching it, and we have a deal going where we alternate pay-per-views. I would have been content with watching NXT Battleground. And tell you the truth, to a certain degree, that was a better overall show. So with Forbidden Door coming at the end of this month, pretty much a month away, I'm like, okay, I just dropped $50 for an underwhelming show. You got had three good matches to me, but still, three good matches does not make $50 worth or make it worth $50. I say all that to say this. As soon as that promo video came on and it was in the desert and I saw the silhouette, Brian Danielson, I knew where this was heading. While I was disappointed that he was not, he was not going to uh, wrestle in the G1 tournament. When I saw the silhouette, I'm like, oh, we're going to get Brian versus Kata. Here you go. Y'all got my bread. Because Okada 
He's the man. He's made me a believer over the years. Plenty of times, especially before the pandemic, Okada made which made me want to stay up until seven o'clock in the morning to watch his matches. Brian Danielson, when given the time and given the leeway, even without the leeway, he can make a classic in his sleep. You put them together, you got my bread. So yeah. I'll be talking, I'll be giving my giving my views on that and a couple other things, a couple other AEW wrestling uh, related tidbits. Yeah, so that's what's on deck this week. And um at the very end, I'm gonna continue. I got a couple more, couple more things to spew about this ungrateful mother effer. Look at his face. Look at his face. Don't he don't he have a face that you want to smack the SHIT out of? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I swear I feel like zooming to the to the outro right now just so I can get my two cents off. Oh yeah, if y'all didn't know already. This is the intro. <laughs> I think that's a record. 23 minutes. In 15 seconds, uh, before I actually let y'all know that we was in the intro. But guess what? We're about to get this show on the road. So without further ado. Good night. And goodbye. Bang! Ooh, that was kind of high pitch. But it's fitting because when I'm talking about my amazing Mets, that makes me very, 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 very upset. Makes me very unnatural. It makes me very um, high strung. The amazing Mets, my Metropolitans, are the epitome of average. The epitome of average. See, maybe if I take another two week hiatus or have problems. For another two weeks, I'll be able to actually get the hang of putting different things on the screen. Shout out to my brother Cool. He know what we talk, he know what I'm talking about. But until then, you're gonna have to get this primitive shit. I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at the rankings for the New York Mets. Right. And do you know all the major categories? They're no higher than 15th. They're no higher than middle of the road. Like, didn't I say they're amazingly average? Let me go down the list, and then I'll show it to you. Matter of fact, let me show it to you. Can you see? Probably not. Ah, there we go. You see that? Look at that. Average. But in case you couldn't see it, in case you're listening to me, I'm going to go down the list. The amazing Mets, freaking Metropolitans, batting average. They're batting as a team, two forty-one batting average, good for twentieth in MLB. On base percentage of three twenty, good for seventeenth 
and MLB. They have scored a total of 254 runs so far this season in 60 games. That's good for 19th place. Home runs. They've socked 65 home runs. Good for 16th place. And you know, out of those 16, out of those 65 home runs, Pete Alonso has 20 of them. They are they have a slugage of 390. Good for 21st in the league. Pitching, which has been our downfall. We have a team ERA of 4.48. Good for 21st in the league. Batting average against. Teams are batting 246 against us, which is good for 15. That's our highest place. And walks plus hits per inning pitch, a.k.a. whip. 1.34, good for 21st in the league. Oh, I can. I'm gonna go down the list. I'm gonna go down the list of the amazingly average players or the amazingly average seasons that our players are having. Peter Alonzo, through 59 games, is hitting 231 with 21 or uh, with 20 home runs, 46 RBIs. Do you know what that tells me? 20 home runs, 46 RBIs. That's telling me that nobody in front of him is getting on base because that's averaging a two-run home run every time he hits a home run. To me, that's not a, that's not a good percentage. Last year, he hit 40 home runs and had 131 RBIs. In 2019, his rookie year, he he hit 53 home runs, 120 RBIs. So the people in the lineup in front of him are not getting on base. They're not setting the table. So while he's hitting for a low average, tell you the truth, uh, besides... 2020 with the abnormal season. This is he's he's on pace for his lowest average ever since he's been called up. I mean, he's never been a person that hit 300, but 260, 270 with the power and the on base percentage. Okay, 231. Not doing it. Not doing it, buddy. Then we go to Jeff McNeil. 287, which is low for him because he's a, always 320, 315 batting average. Last year he hit for 326. He's not he's never he's never been known for power, but still 287, not good. Brett Bati, Bati, you know the the so-called Sevilla. 39 games, hitting for 227. Four home runs, 15 RBIs. On base percentage of 301. That's not going to get it done. Oh, uh, who's this other guy? How you how you pronounce the name? Vientos? Vientos? Yeah, Mark. Him. 
only in 11 games, short, short sample, but ain't, ain't showing much. 11 games, hitting below the Mendoza line, 172. Even worse, his on-base percentage is 194. Now, to me, this next guy, this is the problem. Francisco Lindor. 59 games. He's hitting 212. But what's worse? What's worse than that? You know what his on-base percentage is? 284. That can't happen. Mr. $40 million man. That can't happen. There have been times this season that it's been Lindor and Alonzo carrying us. Been Lindor and Alonzo being the only ones, especially early in the season, were the only ones that was actually hitting. He has to be more consistent. It's just... Nemo, 292. On base percentage of 375. Okay, okay. But now we go to the pitching. And I'm going to single out Three three pitches. We have Matt Scherzer with an ERA of 3.21. He's 5-2, but 3.21. 48 Ks. That's not what we're paying you for. Not what we're paying you for. Yes, I know he was he was suspended for the sticky stuff. But <laughs> speaking of which. I was trying to play this straight. I really was, but can I ever really play it straight? They said that the combination of rosin and sweat, I mean, he got suspended, was above the threshold. It was too sticky. It was sticky beyond compare. Comparison, right? Would it be illegal if between innings while he's in a dugout, he's actually digging something out (laughs) to get some some sticky substance? (laughs) Get get that grip on that two-seamer. I'm just saying they say they say you can't use the spot attack. <laughs> what about the semen attack? Okay, okay. I digress. Yeah, it didn't hit the way I thought it was going to hit. Sue me. But regardless, he's just not what we're paying for. Um yes, he is a veteran pr- presence, but at the same time, even though you are the veteran presence, we need you to produce. But here is the one that's sticking in my craw right now because it seems like we got some damaged goods. Justin Verlander. Yes, I know it's a short sample size. Six starts, six games. 
36 innings pitched. He has a 4.25 ERA. He's two and three in those those six starts. Our one two our one two punch was supposed to be Scherzer and Verlander. Singer, he's giving you what he's giving you. Highs and lows. His whip is one three five. At least Scherzer's is below one one ten. Verlander is one one point one four. Taylor McGill, Tyler McGill, whatever the hell his name is. McGill, him. 4.40 ERA. I give him a pass because he's supposed to be that swing starter. He's not supposed to be firmly entrenched into rotation. Carrasco has been horrible. 5.74 ERA in six games. I mean, our rotations and shambles. And usually you would think, okay, if the rotations and shambles, then you have to lean on your lineup to carry you through until hopefully people get healthier and the rotation kind of settles itself settles settles itself down. Neither one of those things are happening. We're not hitting and we're not pitching. Hence, we're an average team. When we hit, we don't pitch. When we pitch, we don't hit. We we should consider ourselves lucky that, that the uh, the Braves have actually calmed down. Because if it wasn't for the Braves actually hitting a snag, we'd be more than five and a half games back. The Braves were potentially on the way to blowing past the whole NL East, and then they've come back down to earth. They're currently 11 games over 500. Entering this entering this past weekend series against the Blue Jays, who, who are also an amazingly average team, even though they got a better record than we do. Matter of fact, we entered this series with the same exact record, 30 and 27. But they've been inconsistent also. We got swept by the Blue Jays. We got swept by the Blue Jays. After we swept the Phillies. And we swept the Phillies after losing two out of three against the Rockies and losing two out of three against the Cubs. And prior to that, we was riding, we went into Chicago riding a five-game winning streak. You see how it just... Anthony Tacoma on Twitter, he always has, like, at the end of the game, he'll have his little quick recap, and he'll pretty much give us the record, and he'll give what we're on pace for. Right now, we're on pace for an 81-81 season, which will probably not be good enough to get us into the postseason. Right now, we're two games back behind Miami for the third and final wild card. As I told a co-worker of mine the other day, I'm like, you know what? 
what San Diego proved last year was it didn't matter if you won 100 games or if you won 85 games. What matters was getting into the tournament and playing your best then. And right now, that's my mentality. Just get into the playoffs. Hopefully, tread water. Hopefully, around the trading deadline, you decide to uh you decide to give Mr. Meta try and pull off a fantastic trade. Get which gonna have Mr. Met go across that negotiating table and give them the eye and say, What you got? Whatever you got, we buy. Because this is this is who I this is who I live for. The Mets, right here. That's that 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 that's that's that. Those are my peoples. Those are my peoples. Yeah, those, those are my peoples. My peoples. Like the guy in like the guy in uh, paid in full. Yo, those are my people. My peoples. Yeah, my peoples. They good. My peoples. But no. Um, in all seriousness, all we have to do is just try to tread water. Um, into the trading deadline. Hopefully. Well, we don't have much to give, but some of these some of these people are just gonna have to cut bait. Because right now, within this year and next year, it's all or nothing. It's kind of drastic, but when you sink almost four hundred million dollars in the payroll, guess what? We're in win now mode. We already called up we already called up some youngsters, sink or swim. The people that they replace, see if we can get something for them. Vogelback needs to have his ass firmly planted on that bench until we can get somebody to take his ass off this team. That's what we need to do. Um, yeah, that's the, I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing positive to talk about when it comes to the Mets right now. The only reason I'm actually diverting some time to talking about my amazings is twofold. One, to throw a crumb at my brother. Smitty from the group home in Bergen Beach. And two, being the fact that I told y'all, I know the NBA finals are going on as I speak, but guess what? What what NBA? I don't know what you're talking about. The Knicks ain't playing. Warriors ain't playing. Uh, what, this basketball on? I, I have no idea. I have no idea. You know, I'm not I'm not placing on parlays. I'm not going on FanDuel. I'm not going to DraftKings, even though they keep on, they keep on calling me, man. They keep on saying, Mike Steph, you know, you know you got some bread in this deposit, right? You know you need to put this parlay, right? And I keep on telling them, kiss my black ass. I ain't messing with you. Keep that money in the bank before I deposit it into my checking account. So just be easy. I told you all I'm waiting for football season to come up. And I think I'm going to – I might lean more fantasy this year than actually – doing the actual bets i'm not sure yet but it depends how the vibe goes because i have a lot of i have a vested interest in one particular team and y'all know who i'm talking about the jets 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 but you thought i was you thought i was frozen right <laughs> but um until that time comes i guess i will try and probably devote more segments to the m-e-t-s mets 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 even though they probably don't even deserve it
step out of reach. Now, Roman Reigns reached a thousand days as champion, a thousand days as the undisputed universal champion last week. And on SmackDown, he had his celebration. His celebration. And for a celebration, he actually was able to get a brand new sparkly belt. I wonder if he's still going to carry all three belts. I don't know. It might be overkill, but at the same time, whatever the tribal chief wants, it's what the tribal chief shall get. The big development that happened this past Friday on SmackDown was the implosion, the final implosion, if you will, of the bloodline. Last week at Night of Champions, it was the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns teaming with Solo de Sokoa to go after to your undisputed tag team champions who were Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. The Usos felt slighted. They felt that Roman was trying to kind of was talking down to him because, because they lost that WrestleMania. And Jimmy found the balls that he lost for the last two years, which I'll get to in a very few minutes. So leading up to Night of Champions, Roman was trying to was playing Jay and trying to play Jimmy, but Jimmy was like, "You must have forgotten. I'm nobody's bitch." Jimmy was Jimmy was feeling away. Jay almost had Stockholm syndrome. Felt like looked like an abuser, a, a, a battered wife, like. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. And that's not to make light of domestic domestic abuse before anybody starts thinking like, damn, Mike, yo, you wrong for that. Listen, 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 listen. I could be as sensitive as the next man, but listen, don't come at me with that bullshit. Telling y'all right now. This, This, if you're thinking about if this, if you if you want a place, a safe place, if you want a place for nothing but politically correct thoughts, you're at the wrong place. But yeah, so at Night of Champions, when the Usos came, and their intent was to try to to help Roman Reigns and their brother Solo capture. The tag team champions, the chance, the tag team championships. An inadvertent double super kick, in which they well they missed a, a super kick on Sami Zayn with Sami Zayn ducked, and they hit their own brother solo. Roman Reigns, who had been knocked out the ring, only saw them hitting solo. Did not see the fact that Sami Zayn had ducked and moved out the way. So Roman came in there and was on some Debo shit, like and start mushing Jay and then mushed which guard, yeah, was mushing Jay 
Like, yo, what the f- you doing? Jimmy. Had it up to here. Jimmy was like, nah. So Jimmy super kicked the shit out of Roman Reigns. Jimmy's like, yo, what you doing? Jimmy like, yo, yo, shit did that a long time ago, oops. Yo, that's what that brothers do. Looking out for you, brother. Roman got up. He was on his knees. And Jimmy said, you know what? F this ooze. And kicked him again. That led to Roman and Solo losing that match and not capturing the tag team championships. So we fast forward to this past Friday. And for the celebration, he specifically told the council, the council to the tribal chief, Paul Heyman, he told them under no cert on the no circumstances do I want the Usos at my ceremony. And Paul's like, Yes, my brother, yes, my tribal chief. I swear, Paul, Paul, Paul has me dying. Paul should just get to stay on his knees. Yes, my tribal chief. Is there anything else you could, do you want, my tribal chief? Can I lick your balls, my tribal chief? Acknowledge me. Yes, my tribal chief. Kiss my ass. Yes, my tribal chief. So, throughout the ceremony, Triple H comes out. He gives Roman a new belt. Everybody has their opinion. Doesn't look that bad to me. It's a different color. It's not blue. It's not black. It's more like gold. I mean, it's fitting. And it does say Undisputed Universal. Undisputed Universal Champion. And that's who Roman Reigns is, right? So, the Usos come out. And Jimmy is leading the way. And Jimmy pretty much calls Roman out for his BS. He's like, look, Oofs. At the end of the day, I don't like how you treated me. I don't like how you treated my brother Jay. And Solo, that's my brother. And he was talking to Solo like, look, at the end of the day, you see how he done treated us? He's going to treat you the same way. You got a decision to make. So Roman in this cocky ass, he tells he tells Solo, "Yeah, go ahead, speak." And Solo looks at looks at his brothers and looks at Roman, and he's like, "I acknowledge you, my tribal chief, but those are my brothers." And he gives him back the microphone, and he stands next to the Usos, to the Usos. The Usos. So Jimmy still like, look, what did you think? Like, I mean, you my brother, even though they're technically cousins, but you my brother. We should be running this together. The only reason Jimmy was trying to make amends, not by bowing 
talking down to Roman, but it's like, look, we can squash all this and continue to run the WWE like we've been doing for the last two years together. We've been a family. We remain a family. But you're going to get you're going to put some respect on our name. Because at the end of the day, we know you're no better than us. And Roman starts with the crocodile tears. And the reason Jimmy's doing it is because he sees that his brother Jay is still conflicted. His his brother Jay is still effed up in the head for all the all the mental abuse that Roman's been giving him for the last two and a half years. So Jimmy's like, you know what? Jay wants us to squash this. I'm going to squash it for my brother, for my brothers. You included. So Roman does the crocodile tears. He pulls him in. He gives him a hug. But you already knew what it was going to go down, but you just didn't know how. And then at the last minute, when he looks up, he looks back, and then he gives the to, to Solo. You already knew. Solo, the reason he was aside, Solo was, was, was sizing him up, was lining him up for that damn spike. As soon as he let go and he told Jimmy, nah, ain't going to be no reconciling. Like, other words, I'm that dude and I don't need y'all. He didn't even say a word because he didn't have to say a word. He already gave Solo the, the look. And Solo takes Jimmy out. Now, this is that night of champions. When Jimmy's telling Jay, yo, this is something we should have did a long time ago. You see, Jay is looking like, yo, what the hell did you do? Do you know what this means? Jimmy's like, yeah, I know what this means, oops. means we free. We the ones. He was never the one. We the one. This is after Solo decides to stay with Roman Reigns. After he decides to take his own brother. Right around now, Paul asks Roman Reigns, well, what about Jay? You know what Roman says? Jay? Jay gonna fall in line like he always does. Other words, Jay is not right. I am about Jay. We take care of Jimmy. Jay gonna fall in line. Jay don't have enough cojones to stand up to me. I done broke his spirit years ago. Now, before I finish this, before I finish this topic, there's three things that's happened since January, and that's why I I I, I, I say that the bloodline storyline is the best thing going in wrestling today because it even made me have to change my opinion not once but twice now before sammy broke away right 
I remember when Sammy turned on on Roman at Roy at Roy Rumble, and Jay was so upset. Jay was so upset at Sammy because he had finally trusted Sammy. He had let his guard down to Sammy, and Sammy ultimately betrayed his trust, even if it was for the right reasons. According to Sammy, he betrayed his trust. Jimmy was all with the shits. Jimmy was like, yo, I'm super kicking the hell out this dude. Jay walked away. In the lead up to WrestleMania, Jay was almost asserting his independence as uh, due to his anger at Sammy breaking away. Sammy said, you're mad at me, not because of what I did. You're mad because you wish that you would have did it. And you didn't. That's why you pissed off at me. That's why you're so upset. Remember on a couple occasions, Jay was pretty much like, yo, I don't give up what Roman think. What the tribal chief said. Matter of fact, I should be the tribal chief. I'm the tribal Pretty much, he was making decisions on his own. Jimmy would fall in line. After WrestleMania, still, Jay was making decisions on his own. Jimmy would fall in line. Remember, when Jay left, Roman put it on Jimmy of, all right, either he falls in line, if he don't come back, I'm taking it out on you. Don't remember Jimmy having this same energy when Roman was pretty much like, yo, get your brother or me and you're going to have a problem. Jay came back for the sake of his brother. But at the time, Jay didn't want to come back. Jay felt like he had to come back to protect his brother. Why was Jimmy so helpless then? But now, it's almost like he didn't see the light. That's the part that I'm like, hold on. When did this role reversal happen? Now it's Jimmy reverting back to how he was when he first came back from injury two years ago to try to save his brother from the from the grips of Roman Reigns. And Jay is back into the it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating. I don't fault. I don't really fault the storytelling. I mean, if you want to, if you want to go into the minutia, yeah, there's little there's little holes here and there, but it's the intricacies of the storytelling of these two twins. At the end of the day, these are two twins. So they're going to intertwine. Remember back in the day when Roman was like, "Yo." You want to be known as the other one? <laughs> picture that. Picture, picture your cousin. Somebody that you grew up with and, and you got a twin brother. And he told he throwing in your face like, yo, you want to be known as the other one? <laughs> Who are you, Jimmy or Jay? I don't know. Some BS, right? That but that but that was back in that was at the very beginning of the brainwashing. That was the very beginning of the manipulation. That's what I'm saying. This story, this story is the best thing going today. Now, what do I see happening? 
because I'm probably not going to talk about wrestling again until Money Money in the Bank, which is about a month month away from now. Everybody thought, myself included, that the next the next opportunity for Roman to lose this belt to Cody Rhodes. Oh yeah, you forgot about him, right? I, I ain't gonna lie. Everybody thought, all right, Cody lost at WrestleMania. He's definitely going to get in SummerSlam. Right now, this bloodline storyline is so intricate that we're going past Russell, we're going past SummerSlam. There's no way in hell you can insert Cody in the middle of that unless he wins Money in the Bank. And I don't think, matter of fact, since they're doing the qualifying matches and he has a quote-unquote broken arm, he's not going to be in the Money in the Bank match. So that little in that little that little break glass in case of emergency, it's no, it's not going to be there for for Cody. Cody has a Brock problem. So for Money in the Bank, either you can do Roman and Solo versus the Usos in a tag team match, and that would either that would lead to one of the Usos, probably Jay. Versus Roman at SummerSlam. You could do Roman versus Jimmy at Money in the Bank, which would lead to a tag team match at SummerSlam, which would lead to Roman versus Jay, which would probably lead to... At this point in time, knowing how the WWE is, even though the story is always revolved around Jay, Jay is the main piece of this bloodline story opposite Roman. Solo is going to have a match against Roman before this totally dissipates. Before Roman loses this championship, and tell you the truth, it wouldn't surprise me if, matter of fact, it wouldn't surprise me if Roman keeps this championship until WrestleMania. All right. If you, if you, if you, which go, if you really in, believe in into the fact that they kept it because he was so close to a thousand days, they wanted him to make a thousand days. Okay. Guess what? The end of, the end of August makes three years for Roman being champion. All right. So, do you, you think that they're going to take that belt off at the very beginning, less than a month before he makes three years? They're not. Now, for such a crowning achievement of whoever beats Roman Reigns, right? Do you really think they're going to do it at a at a side pay per view? They're going to do it at a payback. They're going to do it at elimination chamber. Matter of fact, you can even go to the to the Big Four. You really think they're going to do it at Survivor Series? That's not going to happen. Do you really think they're going to do it at uh, Roy Rumble? At Roy Rumble, he'll he'll be reached in about 1,200 days, which would be the third longest in history. They're not doing it then. Roman is keeping this belt until WrestleMania 40. If Cody can stay hot th- that long, he'll drop it to Cody. If not, would not surprise me if they run back Roman and Jay. If they if they do it, 
prior to that, this is interesting. Just that stable, you have four matches remaining from that from the implosion of that stable. A tag match and a singles match with each member, each brother. That's going to take you into the beginning of the year. So all my Cody fans out there, yes, I know. Adrenaline in my soul. Yeah. His story will not be completed until at the earliest next April in Philly. I know it's amazing, right? It's amazing. But that's what good storytelling does. Now, so much for good storytelling. But in this case, I don't believe that you're probably going to need good storytelling for so much. Because the match itself, Okada versus Danielson. Last night at Forbidden Door, well, not Forbidden Door, last night at Dominion, after Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii retained their never six-man tag team championships against Moxley, Claudio, and Shooter Umino. This man came on the screen and challenged the Rainmaker to come to the desert where he'll make the rain cease to exist. Like I've told, like I said in the in the intro, I think they're gonna get my fifty bucks because right now, Forbidden Door's li- lineup is starting like this: you're gonna have Omega versus Osprey two. Anybody who saw their match at the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom this past January. Part two. It's going to be a bomb burger. Bomb burner. Then you have, like I said, you have Okada versus Danielson. That would tell me, to tell you the truth, to me, that would, those two matches right there, they're worth $50. They have a month to build these build these matches up and build the card up. And tell you the truth, I really don't care what the card is going to be like. Who MGF is going to face? I don't know. Will he face Sonata? Who knows? Punk, CM Punk, is he even going to be on Forbidden Door? Because he re-debuts uh, June 17th on the new Collision show of AEW on Saturdays. Is he going to be on Forbidden Door? Would you put him on Forbidden Door? Or would you try to milk his in-ring return for maybe another show after that? I don't know. He was supposed to go against Tanahashi last year. He broke his foot. Tanahashi's free, even though he's more broken down than ever. I really felt bad watching him come, come come down the aisle. Um, so yeah, so I don't know that, that, that's going to be interesting also. 
Um, they was teasing that they're gonna have FTR against Bushman for I don't know if it's gonna be belt versus belt or just an expedition ex- exhibition where the AEW titles versus the New Japan versus the IWGP titles tags. Don't know. It's gonna, I, I mean, there's, 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 there's so many, there's so many, um combinations that could be available but that one that one's going to be that one's going to be interesting now before i before i wrap things up i must do it on this platform because i was asked in the dms that uh what did i think about the return of CM Punk. And tell you the truth, I'm not gonna lie, I really haven't thought about it. On one hand, I I, I want to say that Punk's injuries, it's never a good time to, to, to get injured, but at the same time, he was starting I don't know if they were starting, they were going to start leaning toward a heel turn or he was starting to get stale with the audience. So maybe this uh, almost year off, this eight, nine months off, gets him a fresh start. Hopefully they have more than two opponents lined up for him. And I'm quite sure, being the fact he's had all this time off, He's probably thought like, all right, if I come back, if I do come back, this is what I want this run to end up doing because I know I don't have much time. Uh, The rumor has it that he's probably going to feud or have a program with Samoa Joe and um, rehash their ROH, their Ring of Honor battles from back 15 years ago. That seems interesting. I don't want any part of Chris Jericho near CM Punk and neither should he. I don't care for all the backstage politics, uh, backstage issues. I just, I don't, I'm, I'm tired of seeing Chris Jericho on my screen. And this comes from somebody who used to consider himself the biggest Jericho holic into numerous things over the last years that made me just like, do not want him on my screen. I don't wear none of his merchandise anymore. Do you know I have, I had his Alpha Club t shirt. I'm not tranquilo. I'm not tranquilo. I'm fucking crazy. His words, not mine. And I used to love that shirt. I haven't worn that shirt in two years. I really haven't. I, I'm that much against Chris Jericho. Um, what are the elite going to do? Don't know. Don't care. I think they've dropped the ball with Heyman Page. Probably due to some fault of his own. Um, the Bucks, they bore me. Um, it's, it is going to be interesting with how. Uh, uh, what, what what the hell is his name? The Kester. Yeah, him. How are they going to weave him in? But I'm quite sure, you know, everybody, people thought that Omega was referring to Okada as him going to have to get some backup. Being the fact that Okada is slotted 
against Danielson, that's not going to be him. So that only means one thing, and that means the return of Kota Abushi, the return of the Golden Lovers. The Golden Lovers, the Golden Lovers, the Golden Lovers. Hence, why I got on gold. I, it's purely a coincidence, but yeah, that's that's has to be who he's referring to, you know. Um, yeah, I, I'll have to do something, but I'm not. So, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be very, 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 very interesting indeed. Like I said, you already got my money. They got my money. Now, before I get out of here. There are two things I wanted to talk about. One, and I teased it at the very beginning. This unlikable mother effer. Why? I'll give the writers of Power Book 2 Ghost the utmost credit. You want to know why? Because even though... I can't stand that little smug mother effer. Look at look at his face. Look at his face. Doesn't he have a face you just want to smack the SHIT out of? Even though I can't stand that mother effer, that ungrateful mother effer, that ungrateful bastard. They've crafted a storyline that makes you invested. On seeing him survive. Now it's been what has it been a week? Who did y'all hear that? Hopefully, I didn't. But has it been a week since the season finale? Because if it has, then guess what? Spoilers. Remember when when Tariq was in jail at the end of what was it? Was it season one or season two? I can't remember. But remember when he was in jail? And he and he knew that which girl he got he got set up, and he said, "You know what? I got a bullet for every for every Tahada. Every Tahada got a I got a bullet with their name on it. Well, guess what? Hopefully, he got those bullets because all of them deserve it. Monet tried to tried to t- tried to take his mom's out. Tried to which girl? Uh, pretty much. Well, we thought." Monet tried to take his mom's out. It wasn't Monet at all. It was nasty-ass Diana. Monet's daughter. Shiesty-ass daughter. Kane has always hated on Tariq. He's been true to who he was. But this mother effer... He's been on one. He's been on one because he been trying. He been hating on Tariq from day one. He was he smashed he smashed his girl, his girl, which called uh, 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 Effie. Effie turned out to be a no good trifling. You know what? B i t c h. And all of them turned on Tariq. Effie, Diana. Kane and the other one, 
whose name is uh, forgive me. I mean, which God, um, just leave me right now. I don't know why. It's not Dre. Oh, what was his name? And eh, it doesn't matter. Regardless, they all turned on Tariq. And the only person he has to trust is Braden. His version of Tommy Egan. Oh, yeah, Tommy returned in the episode, too. And Scudderbutt has it that when they got out of Dodge, they headed to Chicago to try to get help from Uncle Tommy. I'm sorry. If I was Tommy, I would do this to that little mother effer. Like the original ghost did. He told Tariq, little nigga, I will kill you. Unfortunately, Tariq ended up killing his fathers. So that didn't happen. But yeah, I just like I said, I I I really I really want to go more in depth on certain things. And every time I get to that point, my mind just goes scatterbrain. So until I'm able to do it right, this will be a reoccurring theme this summer. I should I should name this segment. I hate this little mother effer segment of the week. But yeah. And were these two just smash already? You know, Benson and Stabler. Stabler and Benson. Like, bad enough this upcoming season. Season 25 for SVU, season number four for organized crime. That's going to split days. They're not going to be back to back no more. Which makes me wonder if they thought twice about having them romantically romantically linked. I thought it was kind of in poor taste for them to kill Stabler's wife off, so he would have so he would. <laughs> He would be free and give them a reason to have some type of storyline together on should they or should not or they shouldn't. You know, my old partner. I've always had a flint. I've always had a always had a thing for you, but I was married. Or, or always, 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 I always liked you, always loved you, but you were married, so therefore I couldn't really act in that. But now, since your wife is deceased, now I could do I could do me. Or matter of fact, since my wife is dead now. I could do you, but guess what? She doesn't want to give it give it up that easy because she's still on feelings because he left her ooh, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, 11 years ago. Matter of fact, 12. Yeah, about, about 10 years ago, he left her without saying a word. He left, he gave her a Dear John letter. Does anybody know what a Dear John letter or am I showing my age? A Dear John letter was a letter that one person would leave their significant other when they would just break out. No such thing as, yeah, with daddy. Oh, we went to get a pack of cigarettes. But that was six months ago. <laughs> which brings me, which brings me to this joke. Eddie Griffin said in one of these stand-ups years ago. And 
hopefully this doesn't hit too close to home for whoever may be viewing this because shit just be like that sometimes. Eddie Griffin coined the phrase, forgive my French right now, a keep a nigga baby. Do you know what that phrase means? Okay. If not, let me tell you. Okay. Someone has their has their picket fence, their, their yard, their two kids, their wife. Nice home. Married. And they got a sideboard. And they make a mistake. Yeah, I said mistake. They made a mistake got this sideboard pregnant matter of fact they made a mistake it did not protect themselves the sideboard is like this nigga about to leave me nah man i gotta get me a piece of him by any means necessary so by hook or crook she know he ain't gonna leave her his family he know, she know he ain't gonna ever Make her number one. But she doesn't believe it. She said, you know what? Maybe if I have a kid, maybe if I have a baby, this nigga keep me. <laughs> so, stuff happens. Nine months, nine months later, she pops up with a baby. And she's like, it's yours. He's like, no, the fuck it ain't. And she's like, no, it's yours. And he's like, you know what? Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Stay in your role. Know your role. Know your role and shut your mouth. So he's like, all right, peace. And he's out of there. <laughs> he might come back. He might come around a couple of times, drop off some money, give us some, give us some pamper money. You know, winter time, come around, give us some money for some boots. You know, maybe get some of that too. But he's never staying around because he ain't leaving his family. And he told her, he told her, didn't I tell you? I ain't never going to leave. You think that little mother effer is going to be enough to make me stay? That's on you. Better, better go downtown and put yourself on some stamps. Get some stamps for that little motherfucker. Like I said, I'm, I'm really showing my age because they don't even call them stamps no more. I think they call them Snap or, or, or EBT or whatever the hell. Oh, um, I forgot where I was going with all this. Stabling Benson. No, I wasn't even talking about that. I was talking about the dude that, the father that, that left. Dear John, that's what it was. Dear John. So, yeah, they, they wrote the letter. Dear John. Life goes on. By the time you read these lines, I'll be gone. 
<laughs> By the time you read these lines, I'll be gone. <laughs> That's and, and you know there was a show back in the 80s called Dear John. It was on channel four. I think it came on I think it came on either Thursday nights or Saturday nights, or maybe it came on Thursday nights, then it switched to Saturday. It was about this dude that got a Dear John letter and was left to pick up the pieces of his life after his wife would say, Life goes on. <laughs> you know what probably happened? She probably got knocked up by her side dude trying to have a keep a nigga baby. With all that being said, I think it's time for me to get out of here. But um, before I go, please, once again, check out the Salty Thoughts and Mike Step podcast available on the following platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, um, Amazon Music, um, Google, Google Podcasts, and all that. New episodes drop on Mondays. If you want to follow me on social media, at Mike Stephan, double underscore on Twitter, at Mike underscore Steph on Instagram, and at Mike Steph underscore on TikTok. Please like, subscribe, share, more importantly, share. Um, leave any comments down in the comments section for how zany I am, and hopefully... This wasn't as glitchy as it normally is. If not, I mean, if it hasn't been, that's a win. That means I will continue doing video. But if it has been splotching and you see and you see these up in parts one, two, three, and four, that probably means to check out the audio more often than not until I get all the gremlins out the machine. So yeah. So with all that being said, I will check y'all next week. Same Mike Steph channel. Say Mike Steph time. Same Mike Steph day. Yeah, something like that. So, like I said, all that being said, I will see y'all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Infinite supply, I don't gotta re-up Now I'm in the sky, 30,000 feet up Infinite supply, I don't gotta re-up Now I'm in the sky, 30,000 feet up And I ain't never gonna land No, I ain't never gonna land I ain't never gonna land No, I ain't never gonna land She wanna kiss cause my style's so chic 10,000 hours, that's why I don't sleep So the girl of my dreams is someone I won't meet I'm a shallow young man, but I'm still so deep Matter of fact, I'm a wolf, I'ma kill those sheep You would think that I'd be chill with all these pills I eat I ain't glorifying the fact that I'm zannied out I need these things, I don't just hand them out And my generation always got the camera out I wish that I could blend in and stop standing out But I can't, I got a voice, so fuck it, I'm gonna rant I got these joints, light them up like a lamp Infinite supply, I don't gotta re-up Now I'm in the sky, 30,000 feet up Infinite supply, I don't gotta re-up Now I'm in the sky, 30,000 feet up And I ain't never gonna land No, I ain't never gonna land I ain't coming down I 
They say you ain't supposed to drink on Zen, but I am. Who do I think I am? I'm a rare one. I cannot be compared, son, to anyone. I'm better than everyone. I get more love in the city than you do. We didn't want your album like you two. I used to have to re up on a train. Now I don't, and my feet are on a plane. Infinite supply. I don't gotta re up. Now I'm in the sky. 30,000 feet up. Infinite supply. I don't gotta re up. Now I'm in the sky. 30,000 feet up. And I ain't never gonna land. Never. No, I ain't never gonna land. Ain't coming down. I ain't never gonna land. What? No, I ain't never gonna land.